in a world few have dared to explore. Two men set out on an epic journey to answer life's manliest questions. From the Fortress of Smoothitude in Lawrence, Kansas, it's The Gentleman Podcast with Glenn Stansberry and Brian McKinney. Welcome to the Gentleman Podcast. I'm Brian McKinney. I'm sitting to the left of the complicit Glenn Stansberry. Whoa. I have to think about that one for a bit. <laughs> you and I are complicit in a lot of things, Glenn. Okay. Um, hmm. Work. Work, yeah. I'm blanking on the <laughs> second one. Gen- gentlemen? Gentlemen. Yeah, we're, speaking of things that we're complicit in, uh, we're co-conspirators of a site called Gentleman.com. Gentleman.com is a site for all things manly. Stop by Gentleman.com to do your manly things throughout the day. <laughs> you know? Sometimes you gotta, sometimes you you, ha- you need to recharge your manliness. That's right. That's a good way to put it, Brian. I hadn't thought about that. Um, yeah, if you... If you need to recharge your manliness batteries. Maybe your wife asks you to go to the grocery store. Mm-hmm. And you're there looking at different brands of Kleenex, you know, uh, and, and trying to decide which one to get. And then you start feeling like your manliness meter is going right. down. You Kleene- know? Oh, Kleenex isn't a problem. Well, I, I want, this is a PG show, Glenn. Deodorant? Women's deodorant? deodorant? Yeah, which women's deodorant to get. Yeah. Uh, uh, there, there could be a lot of scenarios. Mm-hmm. And um, I've had to do them all, Brian. Well, thankfully I haven't. But... <laughs> Um, that's right. <laughs> so maybe maybe that's a scenario for you. Mm. And if that's the case, uh, yes. you just need to bring that manly meter back up right. by going to gentleman.com. Yep. And like a few things. Like know, a few things. Comment, comment on, on some things. stuff. That, that'll get you right back up to... Engage in a vigorous conversation with other manly gents such as yourself. That's right. And even manlier voyage to take is going to podcast.gentleman.com. Whew. And attempting to uh, sail the waters of podcasts, of hours of manly content on podcast.gentleman.com. It's murky, Brian. The water's murky. It is. Okay. Extremely. Something like a, like a rock bottom. There's icebergs here. out there. <laughs> the ice, ice, <laughs> crocodiles. Yes. <laughs> all kinds of, all kinds of uh, potential hazards <laughs> yes. there. But if you can brave those waters, mm. then you're man enough to send a letter to the podcast, the Gentleman Podcast at PO Box four four two three zero five Lawrence mm-hmm. Kansas. Uh, send us a send us a letter. Let us know how you're doing. Let us know how you're feeling these days. Mm-hmm. Uh, keep us updated on your exploits. Yeah, we we, we like hearing mm-hmm. from from everybody. Yeah, we do. That's we not do. true. Uh, we don't like hearing from everybody. We've gotten some really weird emails. Yeah, we have as of late. <laughs> I it would be okay if we on. didn't hear for those people, but people are sending us their bar tabs. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I don't know what. More or less, it's kind of. I mean, that's yeah. It's yeah. You know. Anyway, uh, it's neither here nor there. That's for the legal department to sort through. That's right, Brian yeah. and I. That's not our forte. No, it's not. No. You know, it is our forte, Brian. Uh, what is it? The drink of the week. Oh, the drink of the week. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Um, okay, so let's yeah let's jump into the drink of the week, Glenn. Um, and you brought over some more. Of the Deschutes Brewery that right. that that stole our hearts oh. when we had it uh, a few episodes back. Man, so we, like Brian said, we we reviewed the Jubilee, the Deschutes Jubilee, which is their winter mm-hmm. um, ale. Yes, uh, before Christmas and about wet ourselves, mm-hmm. uh, and uh, it was it was came out of nowhere. It was awesome. So I figured 
Why not go back to the well, mm-hmm. Brian? Why not mm-hmm. go back to the proven winner? It's not dry yet. No, it's not. It's got a... I mean, maybe it was just a, you know... A fluke. A fluke. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Maybe maybe the Jubileo was just a one-off, you know... We don't know. We don't know unless we, we test out some more of their brews. And, Glenn, the other thing is we're past the Christmas season, so we can get back to business as usual with choosing whatever beer we eat. That's right. And because it's colder, we get to delve into our favorite yeah, beers, right? Exactly. I mean, maybe I'm speaking for myself. I love the stouts. Mm-hmm. I love the porters. Yep. Um, and that's kind of what we got on uh, hand today. We have yep. their Black Butte Porter. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, this is uh, this is one of their uh, flagship porters. Um we told you all about Deschutes Brewery House, and they are. They're out of Bend, Oregon, um, and they, they one of the cool things they do is mm. they provide a recipe to make a knockoff similar beer at home. This still amazes me. It, it, it's, it is a mind-blower. I, I, I've done homebrew before. I love homebrewing. Mm-hmm. I haven't done it as, you know, very much lately, but mm-hmm. just knowing that that is out there is like the coolest thing ever. Cool. If you're into homebrew, man... Yeah. That's a, it's an awesome thing that they did. Uh, I don't know whose idea it was. Okay, what I really like about this is that somebody somewhere was like, well, we should just make it. We should give them a, like a recipe, you know, somehow. On, like, give them on the website. We'll just give them a recipe about how to make a knockoff of our beer. Yeah. And everybody else in the room had to be like, what in the hell are you talking You're about? You're fired. Yeah. Just, just get up. Leave. But somehow <laughs> that actually happened. I like the I like the idea of this organization where that, 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 that kind of idea is it makes it out the door. It's like open source brewing, Brian. It is. Yeah. Man. Yeah. Well, they should put the recipe on GitHub and allow people to <laughs> right. to modify it. For for ninety nine point nine percent of the people who don't know what that is, that's okay. Yeah. You're we're 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 it's yeah, sorry. That was a that was a limiting yeah. comment that I made there. That you know. Um, anyway, let's move on, Glenn. Let's right. uh, let's crack these open, and I will um, we'll find out what the snobs over at beersnob.com Yeah, have I have to say about this. Brian. I I got. I was just thinking about this as I was as I was purchasing these fine fine beers mm-hmm. this evening. This is my favorite segment, obviously, because not only do we get to crack open a couple tasty brews, but I. It's like you know. The podcast for me is like it's the end of the day. Mm-hmm. Get to kick back on wine and just talk about fun things, right? And the drink of the week is the time where we just freeform it. Exactly. It's I'm, that's not this isn't scripted, people. Well, none of this show is scripted. But no, clearly. Well, we have the talking points, but yeah, but it, I mean, we we like literally write out like five words on a note card. Exactly. And and so then we just start going. Right. All right. Uh, um, okay. All right. So let's let's dive in. Sorry. Yeah. Uh, cheers, Brian. Cheers. Cheers to the black butt bleep, uh, butte porter. Ooh. Huh. It's uh, it's very good. Mm. It's very good. It's mysterious. It is. It's weird. It's um. Okay, so it's not like real thick. Like a like I think of a porter. I think of something like really thick and like mm-hmm. I don't know, chewy. You know, like wow. Yeah. You know what you're getting you, yourself into. You drink it with a fork. That's right. Mm-hmm. Right. You gotta use a knife. Yeah. This is this is a little bit thinner, I would I would say, but it's not like it tastes you know any less. You can definitely go overboard with the porters and the mm-hmm. stouts and stuff like that. This is uh, mm. this is good. This is I like this. This is a good refreshing porter. It's yeah. It's kind of like they took the best parts of the porter and like said, you know what? And we're not gonna go crazy with the hops. I bet this is pretty low IBUs. I, I would wager. Well, I can tell you um, because on their website they list that too. Um, 5.2% alcohol, 30 IBUs. Oh, yeah, really low. 
Well, most, yeah, pretty low. They've got a little carousel on their site, and they have five pages of awards that this beer's won. Oh, wow. So, lots of craft brewing festivals in the world, so I'm sure yeah. that... You know, if if we is had that, a gentleman beer, we is could that a probably... big thing? Is craft brewing a big thing? I mean, uh, uh, <laughs> not that I know of. It's a fad. It's a passing thing, <laughs> right? It's like the pet rock. Well, um, right. So anyway, back to this beer. Um, a little thinner, uh, but the thing I like about this, Brian, the thing that immediately struck me is that you know when you have like a thick stout beer, like a Guinness mm. or a, you know another porter or something mm-hmm. like that. It's like really thick and syrupy, and you yep. have like two, and you're like, ugh, I feel, you know, that uh, you just can't have like, not that you would want to drink more than two, but you're just kind of done. You have that, yeah, it's kind of full sticks feeling. in you. This you could have, you could just it's go. like eating a bar of chocolate. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's great, but mm-hmm. once you had a couple, then a right. couple bars of chocolate. I do have to correct you though, because didn't you, did you just mention Guinness? Guinness, yeah, Guinness, Guinness is a light beer. Get, yeah, oh, that's true. It, 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 and you technically, can't, I, I've, I, I think you're the first person that told me about this. That Guinness was a light beer. Yes, this was confirmed to me at the Guinness factory, the the former Guinness factory in Dublin. Uh, it is in fact a light beer. Guinness is good for you, bro. It is, but yeah, I, I just, yeah, that was. I get what you're saying. I'll, I'll scratch out. Guinness. I know where you're going there. Yeah, thick. You know, uh, yeah. I'm, I'm thinking Stout, of other, milk stouts and yes, and exactly of the imperial stuff. Yeah, but this is good. It's yeah. like a dark beer, but you can, you know, it's uh, 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 approachable and uh, uh, inviting. Inv- oh yes, inviting, mm. comely, comely. <laughs> um, okay, Glenn. So, what, what do you think on the MTS scale? What's your verdict? Oh, right. So this was eight ninety nine. Okay. So right middle road, a little bit high. A little what bit higher. Eight fifty is our watermark. Yeah, probably eight fifty. That's probably about right. Eight fifty. Okay. Eight eight fifty. So this mm-hmm. is a little, a little, a tad on the high side. But it is a good brewery. Oh man. Um, um, I don't know. Wow. Okay. So I will. I don't think I can rate as high as a Jubilee. No. I don't what think did we give the Jubilee Ale a nine? Something like Sweet that. Sweet Moses. All right. That was a high one. Yeah. Uh, I would give this a solid eight. Yeah. I was thinking an 8.3. Okay. So, so uh, do the math. Uh, okay. Right. So you... Uh, the MTS... Okay. And I, my app, I accidentally deleted the MTS app <laughs> off my phone. All right. Let me just pull up a calculator here. Okay. Um, okay. That's 8.15. 8.15. So 8.2? Okay. Round up? Uh, yeah, eight point round Always up. Always round up okay. on the MTS scale. Uh, yeah, that's that's the that's the final rule of the MTS scale. Always round up. And always round up. Eh. Oh, and by the way. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, well, Deschutes Brewery wins again. Um, yeah. The, the bronze uh, gentleman MTS medal. <laughs> yeah. At the world gentleman uh, beer. Yeah. Invitational of 2015. Of 2015. <laughs> Uh, so they can stick that award back on their website. That's, Some, that'll go on page have six. That. Oh, page six. six. Yeah. Uh, okay, well, uh, real quick, let's just review what the beer snobs put it at. Hey, they Whoa! Made, beer snobs Whoa. Weighed, weighed in at a... Nine, the, the, beer, the beer snob score is a 93, which is outstanding. But the bros rate it at 100, which seems... Th- their scale is broken. You can't, <laughs> you can't achieve perfection. I, sorry, you know... This would have to be the best beer in the world for it to be I mean, 100. yeah, it's not like you open the bottle and Nutella comes out, right? No. <laughs> yeah, I, I can't. That's not, you can't. It can't be 100. So, mm. uh, again, we find a situation mm. where the beersnob.com uh, weird scale that they use is way off base. They, you know, it's faulty. It is faulty. They're, you know, without the MTS, they're just flying blind. They are. 
There's no mathematical calculation that's going into their scale. We we are the NASA. That's right. Ratings. This is all right. This is scientific business. You can't be thrown out hundreds can left you, and right all willy nilly right, like right, that. Right, right, right. Can you imagine you know an engineer at NASA being like, "All right, now when you get to the moon, to hang a right, go about five miles, yeah, yeah. six six yeah. miles." Six miles and then slingshot that around so then you can uh, try to get in the orbital pole. Of the just Earth. stop somewhere short of Saturn <laughs> and uh, flip it around. and You'll know you're there right. when you see the rings, okay? Right, right. Uh, <laughs> not going to happen. And that's not what we're going to do no. either. We're not going to throw out no. 100 just because mm. we feel like it. Mm-mm. We use a scientific scale in this part of the biz or this part of the woods. Um, oh, well. Mm, I okay. like that. The more you drink it, yeah, the better it's good. the better it gets. Mm-hmm. Oh. Okay, Glenn. Well, let's uh, let's jump into some interesting posts from gentleman.com in the last week or so. Mm. Okay. Well, first off, uh, our good buddy Razorback has posted um, how to cook the best steak, this, the reverse sear. The reverse sear is different than a regular sear in that Regular sear is you take the you take the meat and you crank it up high heat, sear it, and the the thought on, is on that, the stovetop, right? Or or a grill or, or whatever. A grill. Yeah, yeah. Okay. And and the thought is that you're you're sealing the juices in, right? Mm. And, which is a myth. Okay. Okay. But scientifically, doesn't work like right. that. Um, but so all right. So the reverse sear is that, and this video by what food. Food House uh, shows us how to cook the reverse here, which is you put it in the, in you mo- the stove. You, you moonwalk back yeah. to the <laughs> stovetop. Moonwalk yeah. to the stovetop, and then put it, you know, on a on a uh, grill rack, mm-hmm. and then put it in the stove at like one seventy five, two seventy five, two seventy five, until the internal temperature gets to something, which I can't remember what it is. One twenty five. One twenty. Prime's all over this, and then you sear it for a few minutes on each side in, on a hot skillet. So there's no grill involved, nope. right? And uh, so crispier on the outside, mm-hmm. juicier on the inside. Well, their point—they were saying the point was that instead of so, I've heard many times how a great way to cook a steak is to high heat stovetop sear it, put it in the oven to finish it off. Right. Uh, and what that gives you is what he described as a uh, what did he say? A, ra- a no, I didn't say rainbow. He said it was a oh, he called it a bullseye. Yeah. So basically, you have on the edges, you have a crust, mm-hmm. very well done, mm-hmm. and it slowly gets into the right Pinker. pink, yeah. like right temperature. That the texture and everything like that is right in the center of the steak. Right. And his argument is this uh, provides a even temperature, even doneness rate. Like the outside is crusted, and then everything else in between is like is more even, more yeah. More consistent, yeah, and it's easier to get a rarer, mm-hmm. uh, like a rare, not not like a super rare steak, but a, a consistently rare steak where it's right. not just the tiny middle part is rare, right? So I I don't know. I've never cooked a steak like this. I've heard that that's the way to do it is to use your stovetop, put it in the oven to finish it off, and it's that's like the best steak you can do. Man, um, I don't know. I, I've never done that, so I couldn't say. I have. I've well, I'm sorry. I have done. I have a, I have a, it's like it's like a religious thing for me to use a grill with a steak. Okay, like there's just there's just something about that I yeah. can't let myself. I've done I've tried cooking steaks on the stovetop with the skillet and everything. I, maybe it's just all mental with me, probably. Uh, but I, I love the taste of 
The grill. The grill. And so what I, what I do is you know cook it in the oven and then toss it on the grill. Here's my experience of trying to attempt this, something like this. Mm-hmm. I, I attempted to cook one time, I think. I, re- I remember this now. I, I, re- I attempted to cook a steak on a cast iron skillet, finish it off in the oven, and I set the fire alarm off. <laughs> uh, the entire... <laughs> The entire apartment smell. I was totally smoked out. Yeah, because the stove was like it, it said to put the oven like super high. Yeah, and then I threw Whoa, the really yeah like like real high heat oh. in the oven in the recipe that I had. So I did all that, except when you do that and the oven's at five hundred degrees, <laughs> you put a, a cast iron skillet in there. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. It, it just starts smoking everywhere. Yeah. So I, it, it was a it was a bad situation. I don't know if I. I must have crossed something up, but I, I could probably find the recipe. I'm pretty sure it was. It Please don't. Out. Yeah. <laughs> so but, okay. So this website, food food house. Um, Seed. This I'm seeing a lot more of these renegade cooking shows. Have you noticed this? I have. Like, like there's a bunch of YouTube mm-hmm. people that have no credentials whatsoever, right? And they do these how tos, and here's why. This method could be completely bs it could be and because it kind of seems like it might be it could be but it got a million youtube views dude i i'm telling you i've done modified versions of what he's talking about and it yeah. it's better oh it is so it doesn't okay. make i mean it doesn't make it makes sense to me that this would actually Work. be even better using it mm. because you can get a crispier yeah you know the the, the this method is reverse sear is that you get a crispier outside right and then the inside's pinker and, you know. Okay. Crunch on the outside, chew on the inside. Gotcha. You know. I don't know. I'm, I, all I know is that I was watching it, and the only thing I could think about was how freaking big the cut of steak he was... It's like a, it's like a roast. I don't know why... Yeah, that makes no sense. I've never seen a steak this big. No. Why would you choose that to explain this idea? I don't understand that. Part I, don't, I don't know. I mean, I, I wanted to eat it. Yes. I, I very badly yes. wanted to eat it. Yeah. But, yeah. It, it it was like three inches thick and six inches <laughs> diameter At or least, something. yeah. I'm sure it costs like 20 bucks. Yeah. Well, I don't know. Neither here nor there, Brian. Well, we're going to we're gonna have to investigate this, Glenn. I, I did, you know, a few episodes back we talked about this pizza recipe where you you put it in a cast iron skillet. A, oh um, yeah! And I'm just quick update on that. I actually did try that. Okay. No. What, no. Explain. Explain. Okay. So what the, ingredients the, the, were. the basic the recipe was: you go get some tortillas yep. that are ten inches. Yes. You put it in an iron skillet. You heat it up on the top of the stove. It's very similar to this. Almost. You heat it on the top of the stove and you finish it off in the in the oven. Yeah. Uh, to to melt everything on top and oh. like that. So it was really good. I, I, I wasn't sure how the, the tortilla would play as a pizza crust. The tortilla pizza crust, yeah. Uh, but it, it, it turned out really well. The only problem was I overdid the... I overdid the... The, the directions weren't really clear. Okay. Uh, I'm not trying to blame them. But basically, I couldn't get... I couldn't get the cast iron skillet hot enough to cook mm-hmm. it evenly. Mm. With with iron, you've got to make sure right. that you know because it stays in the that heat stays in the middle unless you wait for it long enough mm-hmm. to kind of over like heat overall. So it was really well done, like really, really, really well done <laughs> in the center and then around the side. It really wasn't. So anyway, if I if I could do it again, I'm sure I could um, perfect it. And it was a good. It was a is a very good recipe, and it was quick. It, it was as advertised quick. It's a little messy, and you get stuff on your cast iron skillet. It's the only drawback. Mm. Um, but I can't remember which episode that was. I want to say it was 37 to 38. Uh, but if you look through the the episodes on podcast.gentleman.com, we link over to it. 
it just says like tortilla pizza crust recipe or something like yeah. that. Yeah. So anyway, check that out. Uh, it was worth checking out and doing because it only takes if you're at home and you need to make a pizza really quick. It seriously does take like ten minutes. That's pretty awesome. So it, it, it's pretty cool, and it tastes really good, and it's self-contained too. Yeah, skillet, and it's cheap to do. You, you know, you and you can keep tortillas in the fridge forever. So yeah. Anyway, I would recommend doing that. Um, okay, Glenn, let's move on to the next uh, tack, and this is a tack from our good buddy Ben Espin, mm. uh, legendary gentleman poster. Legendary, and, yeah. Always posting good stuff to the site every every damn week. At least, at least every damn week. More like every damn day. Yes, he he's a he's stalwart. That's stalwart. That's yeah. a great word. That, that's a good mm-hmm. word. I, I wouldn't have come up with anything better. Ben's a Ben's a good guy. Um, he he posted this interesting. I read this article. This is called "Wasted: How the Craft Beer Movement Abandoned Jim Coke." And Jim Coke, for those that don't know, is one of the co-founders of Samuel Adams Brewing Company, mm-hmm. the Boston Beer Company, as I think they're traded on the stock exchange. Yes. Um, this is a really interesting article about shifting trends in craft brewing. Uh, basically, he has this whole he he was one of the one of the pioneers of the entire craft beer movement. Right. Basically, when he started out, uh, brewers like Budweiser, Coors, and Miller had created all these lagers yeah. that were mass produced, and mm-hmm. they were like taking over all of all the beer sales. Basically, Schlitz. Yeah. Yeah. Everybody was going to a lighter beer. Yeah. And he supposedly, according to the story, the marketing story behind Samuel Adams Brewing Company, he happened upon a 140-year-old recipe for beer that his great-great-grandfather created. And he tried it at home, and he loved it. He thought it was awesome. And then that was Boston Lager. Yeah. It, and that's a very accurate thing. The only the only difference really in reality is, ironically, he hired one of the guys that created light beer to help fine tune the recipe of Boston Lager to make it more uh, palatable in a in a in a in a large scale. Be able to oh, take like it to, when it first came out. Well, yeah, that he he was one of the J- Joseph Owatis, and mm-hmm. and he was famous for assisting with the the recipes for a lot of these these light beers that were huh. that and then Samuel Adams hired him to come in and tweak his 104 year old recipe to make it the the hit that it is now huh. which is really ironic but anyway because that's it, anyway so the whole story is about how back in the day he went and fought against these big brewing companies and he won and he He's introduced cra- craft beering yeah to the United States, and it's all great. And then it turns out that now craft brewing has become so big that it's starting to displace Samuel Adams in the marketplace. He's now what he was fighting against. Exactly. He's the big, scary... The bill- I mean, they've yeah. they made, like, billions of dollars. Oh, yeah. It's a, it's a publicly traded company. Yeah, multi-billion dollar yeah. company. So it's hard to equate that with a craft, you know, brewing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this was a great article because I like... Um, so it starts out, the, the guy writing the article goes to... Um, Goes to have goes to a restaurant. Was it re- another restaurant or another brewery mm-hmm. with with uh, Jim Coke? And um, Jim is like tasting all these beers. He's like, "Oh, this is this is awful." And he's like demanding to go back and like see the date on the. Mm-hmm. He's just like talking about why it's bad, and he's just got, kind of got this angry, you know, like vi- kind of like bitter vibe. Mm-hmm. And the article, you know, talks about how he's had to like begrudgingly change everything about the company that he started that. You know, like they've introduced Angry Orchard ciders mm-hmm. and these teas that he doesn't even like. Right. 
and he co-founded the company and uh just kind of this weird vibe to the article that's the yeah the here's the thing he doesn't like any. one of the things i appreciate about this article is that he comes out and says something that you and i talk about all the time he doesn't like ipas yeah he's supposed to be this brewmaster guy yeah that's in charge of taste making at this company Mm -hmm. but he doesn't like ipas and that's a huge segment of the market right now but it didn't always used to be like no it wasn't always like that Mm -hmm. Uh, like 10 years ago that wasn't the case Mm -hmm. Uh, it's just it's a more recent thing that people that's a did an exploding part of the market which I just I kind of always thought IPAs wow that's that's always been a part of everything you know because that's kind of how I mean the craft brewing thing has been around since we've been drinking beer yeah so I always just assumed that it was it's always been like that but apparently Mm -hmm. it hasn't so it was really interesting to hear him say that and come out as a leader of this company and say I don't even like IPAs (laughs) but we have some but we have some (laughs) yeah and Um, the other interesting aspect was like some Lagunta's uh, yeah. in California Brewing Company. Little, they have a they have a beer called what Little Something Something. I think it's what it's little called. Little Something Something. Seriously, it's called like Little Something. <laughs> oh, okay. I think that's what it's called. I can't it's remember. It's good beer. I can't remember what it's called, but he he basically accused Samuel Adams of intentionally copying going at, basically going after them that one particular beer because it was I guess it I guess Laguntis is the, lar- or the growing the fastest of any craft brewer in the country. Huh. So the the accusation is that Samuel Adams intentionally ripped off one of their beers and yeah. is trying to railroad them. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think that's possible with craft beers. It's almost like the internet. There's so many little craft brewers everywhere. Yeah. That everyone's kind of you know trying to trying to get a foothold in the market in all these different ways. So. Yeah, the the Laguntas guy is pretty outspoken. He's he's got all these controversial stances and he's trying to be what Jim Coke was back right. when Boston uh, when uh, Sam Adams was just getting started. And so, you know, I, I loved I love Jim Coke's response to that where he said, I'm paraphrasing here, basically said, you know, in the craft room business, you know, we're able to be a li- we're not quite so stogy and right. we can kind of speak our minds and right. that's what's great about this is that he can mm-hmm. he speak his mind about it and yep. if you know, I mean, I don't agree with it, but that's right. what's great about this is yeah. that it's, you know, we go back and forth at, at the end of the day. It's true. We it's have true. our craft and I I you know, my experience with this, I have a very personal experience with this with Samuel Adams oh. and Boston Lager. Oh. I went to a local liquor store. Okay. Uh, I happen to like um, Samuel Adams' Oktoberfest beer. Yeah, it's good beer. I like that one. I don't care. I don't get caught up in whether it's a craft brewer or not. It's Samuel Adams. It's mass-produced, but I don't think it's uncool just because they make a lot of it. Like, I have no problem with that. So anyway, I show up to a local, a little beer store here in town that's a local store. Uh, I go in there, and I'm looking around. It's a small store, and I, I don't, I don't find any of the the beer that I'm looking for, the Samuel Adams Oktoberfest. Mm-hmm. And I'm walking out the door and the owner of the store stops me and he says, hey, oh, is there something I can help you find or did you find what you needed? And I said, no. And he said, well, what were you looking for? And I said, well, I'm looking for Samuel Adams Oktoberfest. He gets this little smirk on his face mm-hmm. and he's like, we don't carry any Samuel Adams here. <laughs> really? Yeah. Really? Yeah. Do uh, they carry Coors? Yeah, yeah, or exactly. Budweiser, right? I mean, right, right, exactly. So it wasn't that. I mean, it was just a little tinge of you could tell. Yeah, just a little bit of attitude with it. So I just thought that was kind of interesting because hmm. I, I never thought of it as like this big bad corporation thing until like I went in that store and they kind of made a deal about it, like how they don't they specifically don't carry Samuel Adams like on purpose. 
You know what I mean? Yeah. So, so the, you, what you're saying, Brian, is that that Sam Adams is kind of like the Nickelback of beers. Apparently, huh? Yeah. It's like going to a, a CD, uh, yeah, like a local record store, being like, oh, "I was looking for you know the new Nickelback record." I'm sure you get a similar reaction from the guy behind the counter. I don't know, Glenn. I, I, it's an interesting story. There's a lot of twists and turns in this deal. Yeah, I, I thought it was super interesting. Uh, I, I don't know. I like Boston Lager. I do too. I, I think, think it's, it's great. a good beer. Yeah, they have, I didn't realize it was an old recipe like that. That's pretty cool. Yeah, I mean, provided that you know. It's it's, that's, that's supposedly legitimately true. Okay. The only thing the only thing that's not true about it is that he, he it was tweaked for mass production. Yeah. Right. So. Right. Well. Anyway, great find, Ben. Yes. As always, great story. Go check it out. Check out podcast.gentleman.com where we're gonna like link over to all this stuff. And if you want to read more about that, it's a really long story. But there there was actually a lot of interesting side notes and stuff like that. In, in a, yeah. And one thing, another, not to believe the point, but one thing to bring up on the tack itself. Uh, a couple commenters posted that, you know, the main takeaway was that, you know, who cares what you like, you know? I right. mean, people like Coors, people like craft beers. Yep. You can't judge right. what people like. Right. There's no, you know, the name brand doesn't matter. It's just what tastes good. Right. Know? It's like at the end of the day, I have music that I will never tell anybody that I like, right? I mean, like, well, okay, I've already told everybody. Yeah, this, exactly. Right? Yeah. But everybody who listens to this podcast knows that I have terrible... I love seals and crafts. Yeah, yeah, we all have these things, right? Just yeah. like craft, you know, beer styles or, or mm-hmm. comfort food mm-hmm. or you know whatever. Yeah, it's what makes us, you know, unique and human. Don't be afraid to listen to Summer Breeze and sing along. Summer Breeze. There's nothing wrong with that. Nothing wrong with it. Not a thing. <laughs> it's quite manly. I, well, you, you realize we went from craft beer to seals and crafts. Well. Everything comes back to Seals and Cross. Okay. All right. All right. Just wanted to point that out, Brian. <sighs> okay, right. Glenn. Well, what, what else do we have for the final tack of the day? Uh, the next tack we have is... Uh, this was this is a great one. Added by Trig Joe, who has been making his rounds on the Gentleman Podcast, yeah. Brian. Yeah, this guy a few times. just can't quit. All right? He he keeps coming back for more. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I like it. Yeah, all right? me too. Me too. And Trig Joe posted this uh, article from The Guardian... And it's a story, and it's titled, I was snowed in... I was snowed in... Uh, well, actually, okay. <laughs> okay, I'm not sure how to... Okay, the title is, I was snowed in inside a pub for nine days. That's an unfortunate... T- I, I think the title could be worded a little bit. Uh, that how, is a little how would bit. we word that? Um... Here, let's 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 word it... Let's make it upworthy, all right? Well, let's add a little oh, upworthy twist Okay, here. the upward. yeah. Um, I... Okay. You'll never believe... What happened when I got stuck inside of a pub for nine days? Oh my gosh! You have to you'll have to pinch yourself after <laughs> reading it. <laughs> you won't believe what happened. Yeah. Wait. Wait till the third paragraph. Slide nine. Slide nine. Yeah. yeah. Slide nine. Slide, uh, slide nine. Blew my blew my mind. Yeah. Okay. okay. Well. Uh, anyway, Glenn. Let's let's get on to the story. Sorry. Yeah. Trick Joe, you you you're, you got a great article here. Basically, it's a story about this uh first of all, I love before we get into this, I love the concept of like English pubs. Mm-hmm. Like I'm secretly kind of an Anglophile. Yeah. Like I love I love that idea of like the little Well, country. I don't know if you should admit that on the podcast, Glenn. Ooh, That's right. illegal. In most- I'm a, I'm When I say Anglophile, I mean Americanophile, <laughs> all right? I eat red meat. Uh, uh no. No, I I I I really enjoy um like I don't know, I don't know what it is. I used to read a lot of Sherlock Holmes when I was little. Mm. So I see, as most that kids explains do, some things. right? Yeah. I was a Hardy Boys kid, so well, hey, I was too. I'm not discriminating, Brian. All right, look, 
Hardy Boys are American Pie, right? That's right. All right. Sherlock Holmes is like mincemeat pie, all right? Uh, Both I, are, I, I uh, that's a bad thing. Anyway, all right. Let's get on the article. All right. So the article is about how this guy who worked at a pub in uh, North Yorkshire, 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 <laughs> it's reckoned to be the fourth highest pub in England and one of the most remote. Most remote. I'm having a hard time talking right now. Six miles away from the nearest. Right. And you actually probably better better handle on this because you have you been to England? I've never been to England. Okay. I, I just I, I've been to Ireland, which some. So, yeah, um, Ireland is the the southern part of it is part of okay, the United Kingdom. So, so you've been here, bro. No, okay. Yeah. So anyway, he talks about how a huge snowstorm came in, and it was like what nineteen sixteen feet of snow. And That's a lot of snow. They tried to leave. Like when it started, they tried to leave, and the wind was so so strong that they got pushed back inside. <laughs> so they're like, okay, I guess we're in. And you know the uh, the snowplow like it's like gale force winds outside seriously. of that place. What? So so they ha- see. I wonder if that's a little bit stretched. Yeah, but I, I, I get you. So they're <laughs> how like, much of this is they? Oh, I really well, want to go home. Oh, right, right. <laughs> I could get snowed in at the pub. Right. Or right. So uh, yeah. So these guys. Well, I think it's one of those deals where they, the storms coming in. And they're like, oh, we should probably go home. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, it's nasty. We'll just wait till it blows over well it yeah. didn't blow over no and it it snowed like 16 feet okay and so their cars had like nine feet of snow on top of them so they were snowed in for what was it nine days nine days and the article talks about the experience this guy had and how it was i guess it was the three the three in workers mm-hmm. the three you know one was a bartender one was a chef and one was like I don't know something else, and then this these two guests that were actually <laughs> can you imagine being the two guests? And uh, anyway, and he talks about how basically these guys they all like they ate like kings during the day because mm-hmm. they had to use this food because it was going to spoil, right? And then uh, they drank like all the fishes beer. All, all day. Yeah. They, they ate and drank all day basically, mm-hmm. and would just climb into bed and wake up and do it again. For yeah. They said it was awesome until they ran out of cigarettes. Yeah. And then... Well, yeah, they said... I mean, he said basically by the eighth or ninth day, he was, like, determined to leave. Yeah. And he tried to dig his car out, and then by the time he kind of... he was able to, hours yeah, of digging. By the time he was able to, like, possibly get his car out, the snowplow arrives mm-hmm. to dig them out of there to get them home. Mm-hmm. So, all's well that ends well. Um, I would love to do that. It'd be like a vacation. Yeah. Um, and there's nothing you can do about it. Like, your work could be like, well, really need you to do that one thing that we've been wanting you to do for a while. And right. like, sorry, I left my laptop at the, uh, <laughs> I didn't bring it to the pub with me and I'm stuck here for nine days. Yeah. Ah, it'd be awful. <sighs> uh, it was, uh, I love at the end of the article, I guess, so the guy telling the story still works at the at the line, mm-hmm. which is the name of the pub, which is a great name <laughs> of for Of course, a pub. that's the name of the pub. All right. And he says every now and again, he gets asked, you know, from people coming, you know, what was it like? And he says, I tell him it was hard and we were scared for our lives. But the truth is, I'll treasure the experience for as long as I live. And that, looking back, I remember mostly how we laughed, cocooned inside the pub and the seven of us with drinks in hand under flickering, flickering candlelight. I've not felt so cozy since. Yeah, that says it all. Man. Sounds like a great time. Oh, well. If only we could get snowed in at a pub. <laughs> Henry yeah. Tees. <laughs> more, more chicken wings. Yeah. Just keep them coming. Just, I tell you what. Yeah, that that could be an amazing, amazing time. I'm, I'm the next. We just need every every time there's going to be snow. You and me just need to drive to Henry Tees <laughs> and keep our fingers crossed. You know, come on, Blizzard. Yep. 
Maybe we'll get lucky. Okay, Glenn. Come on, El Nino. Um, okay, Glenn. Well, that was some interesting posts from Gentleman.com. As I said, you can stop by podcast.gentleman.com and check out the, the, the tax that we talked about today and a couple other things. A couple other things. A couple yeah. other things. Just a little... Just, Ooh, teaser there. Yeah, just come check it out. <laughs> See what else is on there. Um, okay, Glenn. Well, it's time to do the weekly Gentleman Toast. Mm. And, Glenn, this week, uh, of course, th- this has been a lot of news. This is a crazy story. I, I didn't... I didn't realize this guy was sick, but uh, unfortunately, uh, ESPN analyst, Sports Center guy, yeah, incredible, incredible TV personality, yes. Stuart Scott has passed away. Iconic, iconic. Um, and I, I didn't realize he was sick at all. We were talking about this earlier, like, which is a pretty good testament to this guy that, yeah. apparently, when he was going, he had cancer. He's going through all these bouts of stomach cancer, and he was. Working out and, and training and, and keeping the shape the whole time, even while all this stuff was going on. Uh, and he was he fought it for several years. To, it was like seven years. He's he's been long time, having yeah. surgeries and, and all these things. And I'd see him on TV, and I had no idea. Uh, he, my favorite story about this guy that I thought was awesome was I was reading an article about him, and Chris Berman said before he before Stuart Scott worked at ESPN. He he ran into Stuart Scott when he was still at a regional television station, and Berman was already at ESPN. Mm-hmm. And Stuart Scott walks right up to him, puts his hand out, shakes his hand, and says, "I look forward to working with you one day." <laughs> <laughs> and that's exactly what happened. That's awesome. Uh, so he always had a confidence about him that people always talked about, and and it was a big part of kind of making ESPN a part of pop culture. I think he was. I, that's what. That- I mean, if there's anything about Stuart Scott you can take away is that mm-hmm. he had personality, man. Mm-hmm. Um, if you walk, if you, I guess if you go to the ESPN offices in New York, on the walls, they have all the catchphrases. Um, and yeah. I don't know how many there are total, mm-hmm. but Stuart Scott has like nine of them. The, the offices in Bristol? Yes, I think so, right? Bristol. Oh, you said New York. Oh, I'm sorry. I've been to the ESPN offices. Okay, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Brian. <laughs> have you seen this wall then? I've been to New York. Okay, so been, you haven't... I haven't oh, been to Bristol. Oh, I see. Bristol's where Brist- the headquarters Gotcha. I've been to their New York offices. Okay. Okay. Let me tell you something. Okay. <laughs> Side note, ESPN's offices in New York are... Uh, they're basically like... Uh, I want to say like... Cubicle farm? Cubic- I want to say like a 1980s... It's basically like the secret of my success. Except <laughs> they, the actual cubicles were in the... Like left there from the 80s. And transported into the 20, like thirty years old. And, and here's your saying. desk. Uh, I'm just saying. I think they had. Wow. A, I think there was a poster of Michael Irvin up on the wall. The, <laughs> like that guy retired like twenty years ago. What, what's going on here? Anyway. Yeah. Right. So where was I going with this, Brian? Uh, <laughs> this, they have all the yeah, 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 yeah. So, so the catchphrases, right? So he's mm-hmm. got nine of them. I don't know how many up there, but it's like mm-hmm. the, the, the article I was reading at the time was talking about like yeah. it was just dominated by Stuart Scott. You know, mm-hmm. he had Booyah and he mm-hmm. had uh, Cooler Than the Other Side of the Pillow yeah. and, you know, dudes from Chicago and just wasn't this polished, you know. He had his own. He had his own flair. He had right. his own personality, which people forget what didn't exist until he started. Exactly. Like, like um, so. So yeah. I, I sorry. A, another another guy I was listening to giving tribute was saying, you know, when you're in TV, you have all these consultants come in and they say, look, all right, here's what everybody wants to hear, and right. they basically try to get you to sound like everybody else mm-hmm. and practice your non-regional diction and right. you know, just just you you need to blend in and you need to do this and that. We need some of those experts for we do. <laughs> Apparently, Brian, we are not very good public speakers. Orders. Yeah, exactly. Well, 
Well, anyway. There's another here or there. Yeah. Um, and so Stuart Scott was like, yeah, I'm just, I'm just going to be me. Mm-hmm. I'm just going to do what I do and yeah. do it really well. Yeah. And he did. Mm-hmm. He and, you know, all the other anchors, Chris Berman, and mm-hmm. when I first started watching, when I was first exposed to cable, like on right. a regular basis in college, right. like I was just blown away at ESPN and how mm-hmm. awesome it was watching, how awesome... He and the rest of the the cast made watching like sports recaps. Yeah, and something that, monotonous. That's the thing that that's kind of interesting about this whole thing is that at the end of the day, he's describing a sporting event that happened already, and you're seeing highlights of it, and you're supposed to be entertained by it. Right. And there's a gap there where if you have somebody talking over it and it's boring, it's going to be boring. Right. And the the great part about what he did was he made it interesting and fun to listen to and entertaining at the same time. And you wanted to hear what was going to come next. You wanted to, you know, even if it wasn't your favorite sport or whatever, it was still cool to see and, mm-hmm. and be entertained by. So, anyway, a toast to Stuart. Cheers, Cheers my friend. He, uh, yeah, he will be missed. He will be missed. I, I can't. I mean, it snuck up on me. I had no idea. And, yeah. and so, not not seeing him on ESPN is going to be weird. It's going to be yeah. weird. Yeah. He. He's he's I think he's changed a lot of people with just how he ha- he handled the the disease mm-hmm. and how he carried himself and mm-hmm. talking about do. his what yeah tough to do so anyway all right all right Glenn that was a downer but um, let's move on to the um, <laughs> button topic you like a rap and I did like a <laughs> topic I was going for the James Brown there you go that was good. <laughs> That's good. Yeah, I like that. Okay. Mm-hmm. Maybe I'll try that on next time. Yeah. Okay. Um, okay, Glenn. So, the hot button topic this week. This is the first year of the football playoff. Right. This is the inaugural football playoff year. There's right. like four teams in there. Was it successful this year? Was it not successful? Was it... Should it be eight teams? Should it be four teams? What, uh, what's going on? Right. What's going on with the football? Well, here's what I think. Playoff. Here, here are my immediate reactions, right? Here's mm-hmm. my knee-jerk, hot button reaction. Okay. Okay? Mm-hmm. I think the playoff... I mean, okay, so as we record this, we still haven't seen the championship game. It's Actually, as you are Monday. listening to this... It's next you, Monday. You still haven't listened, seen yeah, the championship exactly. game. exactly. We won't know until... It's an incredible amount of time. Yeah. Like, like, January 12th is a late, late date for this, but... <laughs> yeah, it is. Anyway. Right. Well, which brings up an interesting point about the whole argument of, well, it keeps kids out of school when you have a playoff system. Well, yeah. January 12th. Anyway. Anyway. Blah. I think the playoff system has been great in that in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. Um, first of all, you're getting closer to having that like true champion. Right. I mean, I never paid any attention to the bowl games just mm-hmm. because... There's so many. Half the teams go to a bowl game. Half the teams go to a bowl game, mm-hmm. and you never know which ones are like... Oh, what's a sugar bowl again this year? Right. Or what, which one's a fiesta bowl? You know, right. like, you never know which bowl is which bowl. Right. And you never know the importance of each bowl. And it doesn't mm-hmm. really matter. And the, the bowls are basically only for the schools themselves. Right. Just to say we went to a bowl. Right. Now, it's something, there's, it's a whole different pina colada right here. Mm-hmm. Right? Like, it's, I, I think it's been great. And I guess, I think for that first playoff, the first two days of playoffs, they had huge ratings. Mm-hmm. Like, it melted. I, knew, I was trying to watch online, and it wouldn't load for me. Yeah. yeah. Because I think so many people were trying to... I, I could be wrong about that, but I mean, I was having connection problems with ESPN, and I never have connection problems with ESPN. Yep. Uh, so I think they were they were having some problems. I think that the, you know, the consensus is, which is true, is that this worked out really well for the first go-around, because right. neither of these teams uh, that are in the, the championship mm-hmm. would have been there if there was the BCS system. Still. Right. 
It would have been the other two. It would have been Florida State undefeated and Alabama, Alabama at number one. Mm-hmm. And so we would have never seen these these two supposedly underdog teams. Uh, they would have gone to a different bowl game. Maybe they would have come in second or whatever to whoever won the BCS championship. But it, you know, so that that was a problem with the BCS. And it, in the first year, year one, it's a job well done because yeah. it, no one expected Ohio State to be there. I mean, a lot of people expected Oregon to be there, but I think everybody suspected Oregon was a better Gonna, team than Florida State. But right. or at least you know everybody that wasn't from Florida, right? That. Uh, but <laughs> right. but you know Oregon um, and or sorry Ohio State, no one saw that one coming. I didn't see no. that one coming. I, I thought that their their win against Wisconsin was a complete fluke. I thought it was just a one game thing. Well, they didn't even have their starting quarterback in, right? Uh, like they're playing no, a backup. They're playing a third string. A third string quarterback now. They're making a lot of big deal about that, but it's Ohio State. Right. They've probably got seven quarterbacks that right. are really good. Right. And five... The you know, towel boy is Four like through seven are walk-ons. Four-star recruit. Right, exactly. <laughs> so uh, Ohio State does get a, a, a high-level athlete, and so it's not really surprising. But right. still, I, I think that the, it, you know what came out of it was that these two teams kind of had a path to the championship that they wouldn't have had last year, which is kind of cool. That's true. I I think now I think next year will be different in that so for example, our beloved Big 12 conference. Right. Um some people view think that the two the two top teams in the conference, mm-hmm. you have Baylor and you have TCU mm-hmm. that finished with the best, best records. Right. Got the shaft. A lot of people think that one of them should have gotten in to this Final Four, mm-hmm. but because our conference never declared a conference champion, right? Either by a, a, a game mm-hmm. or by just declaring it, mm-hmm. or you know, with some metric like right. well, we're going by wins or right. you know, whatever, head to head or whatever. Um, well, not head to head. Head to head would have solved it, right? Yep. Yeah. Well, anyway, but you know, they never declared the the winner, so. The Big 12 didn't have a team represented in. in the four. When they probably could have. Yeah. Well, and I Maybe. think in hindsight, TCU beat the pants off of Ole Miss. They right. beat them like, what was it, like 40-something to zero or it something? It was ridiculous. And they put the brakes on after halftime. Mm-hmm. Uh, they had second stringers in there after halftime. That's when you know it's it's not a good set. So TCU clearly, I think, deserved to be in there. Yeah. But that's the other question is that do you move it to eight teams? I mean, what do you do now? I mean, it's a slippery slope because somebody's going to get out. I don't think it's going to move to eight teams until an SEC team gets left out of the top four, which I don't think will happen. Ooh, Brian, conspiracy theory. I'm just saying. Oh. I, don't, I don't think, I, you know, next year a Big 12 team could make it in and somebody from the Big 10, somebody from the yep. ACC could not make it in. Mm. And, you know, if Florida State hadn't gone undefeated, they wouldn't have been in there. Yeah, oh, no, no, they would have. Yeah, and then ACC doesn't have one in there. So some, some of the one of the, there's five conferences, four spots. Yeah, somebody had to get left at the altar there. Yep. I, I think, I mean, I think, I think maybe what is a bigger motivator here, Brian, that maybe we're not considering or taking into consideration fully is the amount of after they see this year the amount of revenue, <clears throat> the ratings yeah. that were generated yeah. from these. Four teams. I'm sure they're right. like, well, gee, should we double our money or not? Right. Uh, okay, let's go to eight. You know, yeah. like, uh, yeah. I, I see that definitely as a possibility. Yeah. Then again, I don't know. I listened to some, I frequently listen to local sports talk radio, mm-hmm. and they were, inter- uh, a station I listened to, and it was interviewing one of the, somebody from the selection committee. Oh, okay. And they were asking them, you know, all these questions about, you know, the criteria and everything. And it was, it was kind of an intense, it was like spirited debate type mm-hmm. thing. And they were they were going on about you know well what about the Big Twelve they got left out you know 
these two teams, what about it? And the, and you know, and they were going back and forth. And anyway, at the end of the conversation, the radio host made a great point, and he said, "You know what? Oh no, no, I'm sorry. The, the committee member made a great point, and he said, "Look, we knew before the season started, before any of this was going to go down, that there was going to be controversy yep. at for the fifteen, right?" Yep. There was going to be controversy, and he's like, and that's great because that means there's like, you know, if there's not controversy, then it's kind of a dull yep. event, right? I watched, I, I watched ESPN. I'd come home for lunch or something. I'd flip on ESPN, mm-hmm. you know, college football station. I want to say two months before the playoff game. Yeah, yeah. There are, I mean, they spend hours every day debating who's in and who's out, who should be in and out. Oh man! At this point, who's in, who's out? What what's wrong with the committee selections? They, I mean, that just even talking about that generated an enormous amount of money for ESPN. Oh yeah, I mean, think about college basketball when March Madness starts mm-hmm. happens. Basketball is a small sport compared to college mm-hmm. football, right? So, but I even mean, bracketology. I mean, yeah, they're gonna have you know who's gonna you know who's gonna you know who's, football bracketology. Yeah, and, yeah. Oh man, it's just it just opens up this whole avenue of debate, which I is think, just wonderful for sports pundits. I think the they will go to eight. It's really weird, though. I mean, I th- their argument is that it's more. Da- I mean, it's more dangerous. Uh, the, you know, more team, more players get injured, more games, longer season, more games, longer season. It's you know all this stuff. But then somebody made the point. Well, you know, Division Two has like a sixteen. If you like make it all the way through, that's like a sixteen game season or something like right. that. It's not you know yeah and. They're still running the risk of injury and all this stuff. Now they don't have the same. I, you're not, I mean, I don't want to open up any wounds, but most people would say that there's a there's a difference in the in the level of athletes at, right, right. at a Division One school versus you yeah. know, whatever. Now my team, K State, got beat by the Bison at North Dakota State, which right. the you know anyway. So I, I, shouldn't be t- <laughs> I shouldn't be talking about that, but. Uh, <laughs> Um, but anyway, so it's an interesting thing. I, I think eight teams would be awesome for the fans because it would be yeah. so cool. I mean, you don't need six, you know, a huge tournament, but eight teams would be awesome because that 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 every opens major it up. conference, every major conference is going to have a, a at least one team in there. Yeah, and then even the even the guys like Boise State and stuff like that, then they're in the mix too for actually going to the national championship. So you, you so you're proposing? Look at this. We're already we're already pontificating. On uh, next year's playoff system, it's like you said, it, it's going to happen. It won't be next year, I don't think, but it will happen. Okay. That, that it's going to go to eight teams. There's too much money on the table. College football is a huge, like, it's a train run off the tracks right now. It's, um, yeah, it's, it's it's massive, massive. There's so much going on. There's so much money involved with it. it it's that the eighteen thing is going to happen, whether it's good for the athletes or not. I think that'd be great to have, like you're saying, conference champion. Mm-hmm. Okay, the five power conferences. Yep. Well, now what do you do about Notre Dame? Well, Notre Dame, they'll have an easy path in there yeah, okay. because it's good ratings. Right. It's ratings bonanza. Yeah, exactly. All right. Okay. Yeah. <clears throat> I like that. I would love I would love that. I would like that better than four teams, I think. Oh, yeah. I think everybody would. Because four teams is like pretty – I mean, yeah, there was a little controversy, but it's like, all right, you knew the first three. Right. 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 The first three were locks. Right. So who's the fourth one? Right. Well, you have eight. Yeah. You know, all the conferences are in play. Everybody's mm-hmm. still interested in college football. There would be controversies, but I mean, it, it, sure. it wouldn't be near. I mean, you like the Big Twelve would have had mm-hmm. a TCU in there. They would mm-hmm. have had a Baylor in there, right? And so you would have had the, the debate becomes about well, the SEC had two teams and the Big Twelve right. had two teams. The Big Ten only had one team, you know. But it's like 
if you're the conference champion, you, you get to be in the playoff, you get a chance to win the national championship. Everybody has a chance to get there. Yeah. I don't know. I like that. Yeah. I like it, Brian. We'll see. We'll see. Hopefully, hopefully it'll be sooner than later. I'd like to, I'd like to see that. That'll be a fun time for college football. It would. Um, okay, Glenn. Uh, it's time for the final segment of the podcast, which is the questions from the gentleman mailbag. Mm. Do we have a lot this this week? Well, you know, it's it's it was New Year's holidays. Things yeah. slowed down a little bit. Everybody's writing to the North Pole. Everybody's writing to the North Pole. They don't have the money to put the stamp on to send mm. over to the PO box, et cetera, et cetera. They didn't get the forever stamps. No, they didn't get. I I invested. My savings and forever stamps a long time ago. 1999, I think, is what it was. How many did you buy? Hundreds. Hundreds. No. Uh, no. I wish I would have, Glenn. I'd be a much richer person. Yeah. Oh, what's that? Those two, stand- those two letters I send per month. It's, I mean, mm. you know, if I could send more letters, I would. If I had podcasts to send letters to, I would. Yeah. But I don't. We're the only ones. We're right? the only ones that you can send letters to. The Man. only podcast out there. That you can send let, a letter to. Let that sink in. Mm-hmm. Sure, other podcasts will allow you like email them mm. at reply them on Twitter. <laughs> you can send a letter to the gentleman podcast. Man, it, it doesn't get any better than that. Glenn. It's a it's no like, brainer. It's like getting snowed in at a pub. That's right. Um, Eat like a king. Yep. Oh, Actually, man. Glenn, that should be like the gentleman retreat. That should be it. Getting snowed. You get trapped in the pub <laughs> with with a, a chef, two bartenders, and Glenn and Brian. All for, right. For nine days. It would be a and living we'll see, hell for We'll you. see how long uh, it takes you to break. Yeah. You'll be digging your way out of that snow in no time. <laughs> He's made a tunnel, folks. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> anyway, Glenn, let's uh, so let's let's answer the question from the gentleman mailbag this week, and right. that question is simple. It's uh, New Year's just happened. We talked about this last year, but it, it comes up again. Mm-hmm. What do you have any resolutions? Anything you're planning on doing in 2015? You know, Brian, I'm usually all over the resolutions. Right? Mm-hmm. I usually my normal uh, not resolutions. Sorry. Okay. At the end of the year, what I usually do is take about a week, a few days, to kind of reflect on the past year, think about things that I want to have happen the next year, mm-hmm. all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. I take a few days, at least a few days, to do that. Right. When it's downtime and in between Christmas and New Year's. Gotcha. Well, this year, I was uh, out of out of the state helping mm-hmm. my, my brother-in-law, Mark, and his family move uh, to their new house. Mm-hmm. So... Um, which was a lot of fun, but I didn't have time to, to do this. Okay. So, I, I don't I don't make resolutions. I think we talked about this maybe last year. Yep, yep. I don't make resolutions, but I do have things that I like to focus on and change. Mm. Well, I focus on things that I want to see happen. I have goals. Let's put right. it that way. It's not like, you know what? I'm sick of my... I'm sick of how I dress. I'm a slob. Yeah. I resolve to only wear suits every Forever. day. Yeah, uh, you know, it's right. not it's not how I roll, but right. I do I do like to do the resolution, but I haven't had time, mm-hmm. so no, I haven't I haven't uh, made any made any goals for that yet, but okay. I will, and maybe I'll report back. Okay, okay, I um I don't do the resolution thing either, mm. but this I do have kind of a resolution this year, mm. uh, which I was kind of doing some of the things that you were talking about, thinking about last year and things I didn't do very well, and one of my things is man. At like eleven o'clock at night, eleven thirty after work, and then doing like work on the house or gentleman stuff or whatever, 
all I want to do is shut my mind off and watch a movie. Yeah. And so, like, it gets super late, and it'll be, like, about 11.30 or something like that, and I'll always just, like, flip a movie on and just totally turn my mind off. Yeah. You know? But what I want to do is, instead of that, I want to read a book or do something Mm. that actually improves, you know, challenges your mind a little bit. Maybe Mm -hmm. it makes you a little smarter. Maybe Mm. you learn something from it. Mm. Uh, So I want to try to engage myself more. Uh, with the time that I have, instead of just wanting to zone out, so that that's, that, that that's, that's something a, that I, I want to improve on. That's a great resolution. Mm-hmm. That's a great that's a great goal. Yeah, it, it's it's something that I didn't do a good job of over the last year. I feel like I've kind of gotten this habit of at you know eleven thirty at night or something. Like, yeah, that I just shut it down and I do something you know to relax for two hours. But I think reading could be relaxing. I just I think that there's something about just I think we talked about this how like. When you're watching a movie or something, your brain just shuts off. Yeah, you just all no, you like just literally passively, <laughs> you're just passively sitting there and not yeah. you know you're just out of it. Yeah. Um. So it, I think part of that that I think the the stuff that we do the, uh, the programming and developing and all that stuff I think that you're constantly problem solving over and over and over again. And then yeah, like yeah. Trying to unwind, I think you try to run away from that. Or something. Yeah. I don't know. I think there's something about that. Well, here's the thing, man. I So, I kind of run that, too. Lynn and I will... I forget the kids to bed. Right. Just kind of like, don't care. Let's just, yeah. let's just yeah. zone out, right? Right. When we were... This past week, when we were helping move, like, mm-hmm. all day... You know, I mean, my, my normal mode of operation, my normal job is I sit at a desk. Right. Or, you know, occasionally I'll get up and stand and type or whatever. But, right. But, I mean, I'm, I'm not like a... I don't. I don't do physical labor for my for right. my work. Mm-hmm. So getting up early and early-ish and like helping move heavy things all day long mm-hmm. was awesome. I loved it, mm-hmm. um, just because it was like a simple goal and like you mm-hmm. know physical and got the right get the blood flow going and mm-hmm. everything. And so by the end of the day, I was able to like you know you felt like you could you could yeah like I could I could read something or I could you know right. whereas. Normally, I'm just like, I don't want to think about a thing. Right. Like, I don't want, you know, I don't know. Yeah. So, there's something to that. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, okay. So, that was, so, so you're going to, you're going to report back on your resolutions. No, because I don't make resolutions. Oh, you don't need to. But I will report back on, on my. Vague goals. On vague goals that I probably won't attain. Okay. We should go back and listen to the podcast from last year. Oh, listen. And not. say, what, what were we going to work on last year? And then <laughs> verify that yes or no, we mm. completely failed, which I'm mm. guessing we probably did. All right, I will make one more. I will make one resolution. Okay, I'm going to drink more Deschutes Brewery. Mm. Yes, uh, I mean, in Brian, will you join me in this resolution? 2015. Yeah, we could do that. We could. We could. We could Deschutes. He scores. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> there you go. Okay, 2015 is the year of the Deschutes. I like it. Okay, go I'm on. going out to Oregon for my brother's wedding. Been to Oregon. It's isn't it fairly close to Eugene? Not far from Eugene. Uh, I'm going to make it over there. I think I'm going to try. You could, you could. It'd be kind of difficult with a family. I want to say a couple hours drive. Hmm. I think it's inland quite a ways, well. and Eugene's cl- more closer to the coast. But anyway, Glenn, we'll, we'll have to Google Map it. Okay, Map I'll, it out. See, I will do that. See if you can do it. <laughs> I hope so. That'd be cool. I want to shake somebody's hand. I'm sure it would be it would be cool to go see um, guys. Listen, you've probably heard us on the podcast. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But uh, word's been getting you, around. You've heard of the MDS, right? Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, you've kind of been owning it. Yeah, exactly. Um, we need to get them to put that on their website as one of their awards they've won. 
Yes, right. Rated, you know. Rated. Jubilee, um, 9.0 on the MTS. And then have the, the curled up mustache. Mm-hmm. Okay. We should we should send him an email or something and let him know. Mm. Okay. All right. We'll work on that, Glenn. Maybe we'll get in touch with him. Okay. All right, Glenn. I think well, we should do that. That's a good resolution. We should mm. resolute to do more to shoots throughout the 2015 year. Yeah. Um, okay, Glenn. Well, that's the end of the show. Episode 41. Is it 41? 41. 41. F41. 41, 41 <laughs> episodes. <laughs> We're starting to kind of have some memory, you know. Yeah. Time's just flying, going through 41 episodes. Kids are getting so old. Yeah. Mm-hmm. In high school and All now. these kids these days. Yeah. You know. Drinking their craft brews. <laughs> I was, I like the Samuel I, I Adams. I remember when Sam Adams used to be the craft brewer. Yeah, exactly. Right? Um, but yeah, 41 episodes, Glenn. That's a, that's a long time. It is a long time. We need to release like a box set. A box. <laughs> greatest uh, hits. Great, yeah, greatest hits. <laughs> and, like, you know, best of, and then like the anthology. Yes. Which is like a, a disc, a, a, a 41 disc set. 41 discs. <laughs> Brian, okay, I, sorry, this this totally jogged my memory when mm-hmm. you were thinking of Best Of Gentleman yeah. Podcast. Yep. You sent me a picture of a bottle on New Year's Eve. Oh, yes. When you were in yeah. California. Yes. And it was a bottle of? So, soju. Soju. Okay, and everybody out there knows that soju is from an infamous Gentleman Podcast episode where Glenn and I basically, I went off the deep end and Glenn lost consciousness <laughs> after drinking... Which is Korea's, uh, South Korea's, uh, basically, it's like the equivalent of, like, milk over yeah. there. Uh, they drink a lot of it. We, uh, Your brother sent us a bottle of it. We drank the bottle during the podcast. It didn't turn out so well. The no. podcast was, like, three hours long, and Glenn was asleep <laughs> for half of it. But anyway, I was, so, New Year's, I was in uh, San Diego. That's and so terrible. We went to a sushi restaurant, and I opened up the oh. menu, first page... And I mm-hmm. see soju on there. Mm-hmm. And I'm sitting there thinking, it wasn't cheap. Let me tell you something really? about that. Really? Yeah. No, 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 no. It was, it's like, I think it's pretty cheap when oh, you're I'm over sure there. it is. This, but, but when okay. you're in San Diego, it's not cheap. Uh, so, okay. Anyway, it was pricey, but I, uh, I had to do it. I yeah, saw soju. I was like, yeah, I need to do that. Later on the night, I don't know if that was such a good idea. Because this was this was before we went out for New Year's to oh. a bar there. So that was the first drink to start off the New Year's evening was a bottle of soju. Man, that's really Now, when I say bottle right. of soju, don't get the wrong idea out there. This wasn't like a champagne bottle. Of right. Soju. It's like a it's 375 like a, milliliter little, Yeah, I you mean, know, it's, 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 well, it's a little, it's bigger than a beer. It's but, a little bit bigger than a beer. Yeah. But still. But it, it is 20% alcohol, so it's like wine, basically. <laughs> it's like so, drinking a so bottle Brian of wine. So had a bottle of wine. Well, a half a bottle. Half a bottle of wine. How much is it? Is it 70 fil- 750 mil? Is that a bottle of wine? That's a, I don't. I don't so. know. That's a handle, right? Is I don't know. It? Well, anyway, the point is, Glenn. Doesn't matter. The point is, <laughs> I, we nothing bad happened. Uh, I, had, I had the sushi and the soju, and that kind of worked out. And then we, I, we you, had beers later. You know what, man? You got to throw out the percent alcohol out the window. I'm talking about soju because yeah, it is literally it is so sm- smooth and like weird mm-hmm. that it just doesn't. Yeah, it was yeah. It, it reminds me the stuff that I had at this place reminded me of sake. Yeah, it, I mean it, it's like a it's it's like alcoholy but kind of not. It's really weird. I don't know how to describe it. So but, it must be rice based or something. 
anyway, Glenn, it all worked out fine. Yeah, you it know? did. It, it rang was, in the new year, right? It rang in the new year. Um, I didn't have very many mem- memory problems afterwards. Um, <laughs> no McKinney shuffle? No. <laughs> Unless this is all a dream or something, and I'm still <laughs> sleeping in San Diego off of the uh, soju. In the cocoon of yeah, soju. Know. Anyway, Glenn, it worked uh, out fine. So, yeah, I had soju round two over there in San Diego. Very well done. Uh, yeah. Excellent. If you if you go to a restaurant and you see soju on the menu, uh, you got to do it. It's, yeah, you do. It's a South Korean dare. <laughs> so it's I, like Jaeger. It's exact, like South Korea's Jaeger. Yeah, except you they give you a bottle of it and you sit there and you drink it. <laughs> and I did, and I liked it. Um, okay, Glenn. So that was episode forty one. Looking yep. forward to episode forty two next week. Uh, thanks for listening, everybody out there. Happy New Year to everyone. We just yes. do a New Year's episode, so Happy New Year to everyone out there. Glenn and I were traveling. We were, I was in San Diego. Glenn was in Arkansas. So we didn't get to do an episode last week, but that's okay. I'm I sure everybody survived. Yes. Yes. I'm sure everybody's like, oh, good. <laughs> oh, that's what my Fridays used to be like. Yeah, exactly. Um, <laughs> anyway, Glenn. All right, Glenn. We're boring the people now. So we let's, are. Let's shut her off. Yep. Um, okay, guys. We'll see you next week uh, for episode 42. Thanks for listening. Happy New Year. We'll see you next time. I'm Brian McKinney. I'm Glenn Stansberry. Bye. Stay gold, Cody Pony Boy.